Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because because they they anchor us in something something which can can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Thanks, Will and Katie. Um, Now I'm going to read the scriptures, uh, 2 Corinthians 520b through 6:10. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, she became to him who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with her, we urge you also not to accept the grace, the gift of God in vain. For she says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I've helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. And see, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet, are true, as as unknown, yet are well known, as dying and see, we're alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Allie, and thank you to those of you here in the sanctuary tonight, and to those of you watching at home on Zoom or YouTube or however you're watching. Thank you for being part of this here tonight. Repent and believe the gospel. I said repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Those are the words you're going to hear tonight when you come up for the imposition of ashes. And words, of course, inherently have their own meaning, but obviously how they're delivered can drastically change how they're received. 
My hope is that by the time you come up tonight to receive the ashes, in those words you hear hope, you hear comfort, and you hear an invitation from God. And the passage that Ellie just read is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And all throughout both letters, really, to the Corinthians from Paul, there is this sense of Paul begging them to unite together. Paul loved these folks at the church of Corinth as much as he loved anybody that went to a church that he planted, but perhaps none of them drove him to distraction the way that the church of Corinth did. And you see that throughout both letters. You see him pleading and begging with them to stop the bickering, to stop the, the striving for social status, to stop arguing with each other and focus themselves on Christ and focus themselves on following God. And you see that right away in the passage that Ali just read, right there in verse 20, you see Paul pleading with them to be reconciled to God. And he's hoping that the focus on God, the focus on Christ, on following Jesus, is going to stop them from all of this infighting and refocus them on the work of the kingdom. And in verse 21, he points out that Jesus came specifically to fulfill or to facilitate their righteousness. Righteousness, remember, just means being rightly related to God. So he's inviting the church to reconciliation. He's inviting the church to be rightly related to God. And that's a whole lot of what the season of Lent is all about. But I think the key to this text comes actually when we get to chapter 6 and verse 2 specifically. Because Paul doesn't frame that idea of reconciliation and of righteousness as something the Corinthians can achieve, as something they can accomplish, as something that they can get by their own striving. He frames it as an invitation. If you look there in verse 2, he writes, For he says, In an acceptable time I have listened to you. On a day of salvation I have helped you. That's a quote from the prophet Isaiah. Paul's quoting Isaiah there. And of course, the prophet Isaiah is speaking the words of God. God is inviting us to relationship. God is inviting us to reconciliation. And that brings us to those words that I started with, repent and believe the gospel. We're going to pull those apart a little bit. That first word, repent, of course, I said it different ways there, and you could see in people's body languages the reaction as I changed how I said that. But we're going to make that our all play, actually, here for this evening. For those of you that are relatively new to Genesis, all plays just involve the voice of the chorus, so it's not just me up here blabbering for 20 minutes. So here's the question. When you hear that word, and get real, think back to your upbringing. Think back to some of the teachings that maybe you don't ascribe to anymore. When you hear that word repent, what kind of emotions does that stir up? What kind of feelings do you get? What kind of images come to mind? And for those of you watching at home, if you're on Zoom, go ahead and type in the chat and I'll see those there as well. But go ahead and shout out an answer. What do you feel when you hear that word repent? Yep, definitely. <laughs> I totally feel that. Anxiety. Get on your knees and beg for forgiveness. Yes, exactly. I grew up Catholic. That's exactly how it feels. Anybody else? Yes. Thumbs in the middle. Okay. Cassandra chimes in, I'm a bad kid. Yeah, right? Shame. Shame is a big part of that word. And yet, forgive me, I, I'm not a pun person. It's a shame that shame has to be part of that word. Because when you break it down, what the word actually means is to turn or to turn back. What a return. That's all the word means. There's no shame there. There's no shame at all. Reverend Anna Olson uh, was, used to be the rector at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in L.A. And she wrote this about this passage. I'm sorry for the feedback. 
She said, we turn in repentance not because we are dirty or unworthy, but because we are dust. We are made of the substance of creation. We come from God and will return to God. We are of the same substance as one another, inseparable from the world God has made. No shame there. It just means to turn or to return. God has laid out a path for us as individuals, as a community, as a people. A path, a trajectory. Remember, the idea of sin is just to miss the mark. So there's a path we're to be on, and when we wander off that, and we all do from time to time, that's all sin means. So for those of you here in the sanctuary, those of you that are home watching, you can picture what the sanctuary looks like. There's a gigantic aisle down the middle in front of me. That's our path. And there's double doors at the back of the sanctuary. And that path, and through those double doors, leads to the fullest version of ourselves that we are meant to be. But we wander, and we stray. There are also two doors at the corners back there. Let's say through those doors is something other than the fullest version of who we are meant to be. And as I stand here at the front of the sanctuary, in order to aim myself at one of the other doors, I have to do this. That's it. Almost an imperceptible movement, and I'm aimed at one of the other doors. It doesn't take much to get off that path, but over the course of a lifetime, as I walk to the back of the sanctuary, I'm a good 10, 12 feet away from where I was supposed to be, right? But the beauty of it is, God's always giving us the opportunity to turn back. There is no distance away from that path that we're supposed to be on that's too far. There's no amount of time that's too long to be away to be able to turn back. We're always able to turn back and be reconciled with God and with each other. Always. That's the nature of God. Think about the parable of the prodigal son. The father, in that instance, doesn't go find his wayward son, grab him by the scruff of the neck, and drag him back home. He waits with open arms and love. And when the son has finally had enough, when the son has finally realized he's got nowhere else to go, he's hit rock bottom, he doesn't deserve to be able to come back, but I don't have anywhere else to go, so I'm going to turn and come home. And what does he come home to? Not a father with his arms crossed saying, yep, I told you so. No, he comes home to a father with open arms who embraces him, who loves him, puts a robe on his back and a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and throws a feast for him. That's God. There's no shame in turning back. God's there waiting for you with love. That's God. So repent doesn't have shame. And believing in the gospel, look, if you ask a hundred different Christians, what does the gospel mean? You're going to get a hundred different answers. Maybe 95. But that's okay because the gospel is a big idea. And it's a lot to get your mind around and your arms around. But one of the ways one of many ways to think of the gospel is in believing and leaning into that truth that the Father is there waiting for you with open arms and a robe and a ring and shoes and a feast. And do we have the courage to believe that, to trust that, that no matter how far off the path we've gotten, no matter how long we've spent away from the path, God's always there waiting for us to turn back? Do we have that courage? Do we have that faith? That's why we say that phrase at the beginning of Lent on Ash Wednesday, repent and believe in the gospel, because Lent is a season of reconciliation. Lent is a season in the wilderness. 
Remember, the 40 plus days of Lent are based on the number 40, which is prevalent throughout the Bible, but specifically Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. And how do we think about wilderness here at Genesis? We've always said, the wilderness is that place where something that used to work for you either doesn't work for you anymore or isn't going to be available to you anymore. But the new thing that's going to replace that old thing hasn't shown up yet. So you're in this weird, funky, uncomfortable kind of middle ground. And I promise you, every single person in this room is in some kind of wilderness of their own. And let's be honest with each other, we are as a community in a wilderness season. Something that was available to us is not going to be available to us, but we don't know what the new thing is yet, and that can be terribly uncomfortable. But the saving grace is the wilderness is also the place where God most often shows up to speak. God showed up to Hagar in the wilderness. Hagar, Abraham's slave girl, mother of his first child, was cast out when he had a legitimate child. God showed up in the wilderness for her. Moses wanted no part of leading the people out of Egypt. God showed up to Moses in the wilderness. God showed up to Elijah in the wilderness. And story after story after story after story in the Bible of God showing up in the wilderness. That's where he comes to speak to us. That's where she comes to wrap her arms around us and hold on to us and say, it's okay. The enemy wants to rob you of two things, or do two things. One, rob you of hope, and two, convince you that you're alone. That's what the enemy is trying to do constantly. And when he gets you in the wilderness, boy, it's sure easy to get those two things done, isn't it? And yet God is always there. Always there. No matter how much in the wilderness you feel, no matter how far off of that path you think that you've strayed, you're not alone. You're never, ever alone. Whatever burden it is that you're carrying, if it's an illness, it's a family issue, it's a spiritual transition. You're not alone. Because God's always there waiting for you. Repent and believe in the gospel. Lent is a season for us to listen, ultimately. Lent is a season where God's giving us an invitation. And while for somebody like me, whose brain never wants to be quiet anytime ever. Quieting my mind and listening for what God's trying to tell me is a difficult task, which is why it's nice to have a season to remind me to do it because it, it doesn't necessarily come naturally. So part of what we go through for the next six weeks is just stopping and listening. What's God trying to tell us? What's God trying to invite us to? Individually and as a community. Because part of the way that God makes sure that we're not alone is to surround us with community. I'm an introvert. This does not come naturally to me. And yet I believe it as passionately as I believe everything. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the gospel. Believe that you can always turn back. Believe that God will always be there when you turn back to wrap her arms around you and put a cloak on your back and a ring on your finger and shoes on your feet and throw a feast for you. No matter what you are going through, you're not going through it alone. Repent. 
and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent. Believe the gospel. Amen? Amen. We're going to enter into a time of silence where we ask the Holy Spirit to come and be with us and imprint whatever we needed to hear from that message on our hearts. After that, we'll lead us into the imposition of the ashes. Allie and I will be up front. Feel free to come on up to whomever you like, and we'll tell you. Repent and believe the gospel. Holy Spirit, please come. Time and time again throughout the age. Endings are a place where life is remade. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.